Hi guys, welcome back to the NASCAR series. This is my 160th podcast episode. Let's jump right in in, in these first 20 seconds. Because you don't want to miss a bit of NASCAR, right? Right. That's right. Run breaks down Pocono. Four-team Emilox situational awareness on Sunday. I thought it was four teams, but I guess it's Kevin Arvick. Who's was actually the, was the points leader. Oh, we are. You're fanatical about NASCAR. Geico's fanatical about saving you money on car insurance. Proud partner of NASCAR. Hey, race fans. Alex Weaver here. We're going to break down all things Pocono and get you ready for Indy. But first, I have to welcome in our championship winning crew chief, Cole Kern. Cole, we saw the two best cars on Saturday and Sunday go out and win the doubleheaders with Denny Hamlin and the 11 and Kevin Arvick in the four. Break down what you saw from their strategy plays. Uh, definitely. Those cars were the class of the field both weekends, and I think you can expect that. The guys that hit it right on Saturday, they, they hit it right on Sunday. And, and like I said, it came down it came down to strategy both days. Um, but Sunday was a little bit more interesting, I think. Uh, the four opted to go the same route that they went uh, the day before and, and pitted kind of when the window opened. Gave up that lead, which I thought was interesting. The 11 decide to run longer and take advantage of that clean track and and really those laps that the 11 was able to to log out front i think it was like 15 laps difference between uh when they pitted was the difference when it all cycled around uh i think the other key when doing that is you know the four came in he's on you know not as fresh of tires compared to the other cars that have pitted at that caution has a little bit more trouble overtaking them at times and loses lap time where the 11's out there logging clean laps um, and then he comes in 15 laps later. When he comes out, he's on fresher tires relative to the rest of the field, can overtake more easily. And uh, it's just a it's just a distance game uh, at that point. And and uh, you know, for the four making a great pit strategy call the day before, I think they just felt like they needed to do the same thing again, and that's what they did. And uh, it was kind of a lack of situational awareness in a way because the 11 capitalized and got the win. Uh, I really think the four. The four honestly should have won both races. They they had control of the race, but uh, but they gave it away. Strategy. A lot of different strategy plays, and that's always the key at Pocono. I think you needed like ten notebooks to keep up with what everybody was doing. So, was there a pit strategy or just a strategy from a team that you saw that stuck out to you? Yeah, I think obviously we had the the guys up front, and I think the key thing to understand is when you see everyone on different strategies like that is that. All you're trying to do is optimize the amount of time that you're in clean track because Pocono is a momentum racetrack, especially with these rules. you got to be able to take the corners you know, as quick as you can, and, and you can do that better when you have clean air. So whatever strategy, no matter where you're running, that nets you more time in clean track is going to be the fastest. And you know, the one that confused me the most, I would say, is you know, the Penske strategy both days. I think the 12 was really good on Saturday and, and opted to take that an odd strategy. And then the two I thought on Sunday was probably the only other car that had the speed to run with the 11 and four. And then they got on a really weird strategy and ultimately not even, didn't even end up with a top 10. So, uh, yeah, I think those guys have to be leaving the weekend scratching their head. Maybe, uh, think about it a little bit different for when they go back next year. Move of the week. Yeah. 
saw the NASCAR Cup Series take to the track for a doubleheader in back-to-back days, but it was also the first time ever that all three National NASCAR Series ran on the same day at the same track. Pretty cool, Cole. Yeah, I think it was great. Um, obviously, a lot of racing. If you get your fix, that's for sure. But uh, no, I, I mean a lot of chaos uh, both days. But I think I think the move in the weekend for sure has to be uh, has to be the eleven strategy at the end of uh, of the race of the second race. So those uh, those guys had a strong car, but you know they pitted right and executed, and that's what got them the win. I think everybody might be scratching their heads in all three of the national series here in NASCAR because we saw pretty much every team across the board were struggling with no practice. So how key is practice at Pocono? And is that kind of what you can contribute to all the teams struggling, even in Xfinity and Gander trucks? Uh, definitely. I think practice is a, is a tricky place at Pocono. It's uh it's so hard. I mean, you'll, you'll find it all the time in practice. You'll be like, oh, we're way off. And you make one small change, and, and then all of a sudden you go to being a really good car because it's just all those, you know, with those tight corners and then long straightaways, it's just a small change of getting through that corner a little bit better, and you, you just exemplify it down those those long straightaways. So it's, it's just small changes that it takes from being really bad to being really good. And when you have no practice, you can't dial in on that, and I think that's when you see guys struggle like they did. Hamlin vs. Harvick. Well, two teams that didn't struggle, we mentioned it at the start of the show, was the number four of Kevin Harvick and the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. If you had to, out of those two camps right now, they seem to be the best in the garage and possibly the championship favorites halfway through the season. Who gets the edge for you? Uh, it's a tough call. I mean, I think right now, obviously, 11 won at Homestead and then was really fast, so you got to kind of give it to them, but... It's still so early, and, and it's honestly irrelevant, to be honest. I mean, it's great that those guys were, were strong, and I think you heard it a lot from a lot of people that if you hit it right this weekend in Pocono, it was a huge opportunity to, to get two races and, and get a lot of points out of the weekend, which those guys did, so credit to them. But I think the Pocono, Indy, those tracks are so unique to, to the rest of the schedule that you know you kind of get through them, and then you close the notebook on that. And then you don't really open it again until the next year. So to say that that has an impact on, on what's going to happen the, the rest of the season, uh, you can't. You just be blowing hot air at that point. On, on, to, on to Indy. Get it right at Pocono, you can kind of expect to be good at Indy in the following week and just coming up this weekend. So can we expect the four and the eleven to be strong? And who else are you keeping your eye on at Indy? Oh, for sure. I think, uh, you know, the four was really strong there last year, uh, having a good weekend at Pocono like they did. They're going to come into Indy, uh, I would I would think, is the favorite for sure. I mean, Denny's had some good runs there as well, So, and that team's firing on all cylinders, so they're going to be good as well. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's tough to go outside the usual Indy suspects. You know, I think normally you'd pick uh, a Kyle Busch, but they don't seem to be hitting that great with no practice these days, so... Uh, it'll be interesting to see, but I think uh, you know early off the top, you got to give the the eleven and four the edge. Oh, yeah. How about a little Geico restart zone, right? We're at the seven minute mark, and also I feel like Kyle Busch he could be a good pick. So is Kevin Harvick. So could be. Hmm. Brad Keselowski could be a good one. I'm starting to think of indie winners. Ryan Newman could be. He won there in 2013. Jimmy Johnson won there 
a few times. He could be a good one. Mm. But anyway, let's get on to the Geico restart zone. Five wide at Pocono. You know what they say? They fan out at Pocono. Oh, especially on the restarts. Maybe that's why there's five wide. Geico restart zone. In the cut line, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Chris Buescher, Bubba Walsh. It's very tight. Eric Jones, Max Benedetto, Kyle Busch has fell to 14th. William Byron. Anyway, while I go to the bathroom, you know what you guys can do? Take a little, a little backseat drivers. Hamlin vs. Harvick. Again? 
Hey, race fans, welcome into another episode of Backseat Drivers. I'm Alex Weaver, joined by Jonathan Merriman and Chase Wilhelm. Guys, we saw two championship favorites get both of the checkered flags at Pocono. No surprise that the four of Kevin Harvick and the 11 of Denny Hamlin dominate. It's only a matter of time before Kevin finally got that win at Pocono. He's got to win at the Roval. He's got to win Kentucky. Then he checks all the boxes. The only guy that's even close to doing that is Kyle Busch, who's got to win the Roval to do that. So um, those two guys put on the show this weekend. Um, I thought Denny was probably a little bit better in the first race. Kevin was probably a little bit better in the second race. And it just so happened to be they won the opposite of those because of the crazy pitch strategy that we saw. But to your point, I don't know if anybody's keeping these two guys out of the final four for the championship. They just have been running so well. Uh, Denny, I think, is really dangerous. He's playing really, really loose. Um, so uh, he would be my pick to win the title. Uh, but Kevin Harvick is definitely a close second. What stuck out to me was the fact that Kevin Harvick said after the race on Sunday that he had a better car on Sunday than he did on Saturday and actually won the race Saturday. Um, so the fact that number 14 can win a car that, that in their eyes is, is not as fast, uh, that just goes to sh show you how strong they, that they are and, and how they've been. Uh, but these, both Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick, they're the class of the field. They've won six of the 11 races that we've had since the uh, uh, since coming back from the COVID-19 stoppage. So out of those two, the four and the 11, we have to think that those two teams are the best in the garage right now. Not just the driver, but the whole entire team seems to be clicking on a different level. The relationship between crew chief and driver is outstanding with those two pairings. Who's your championship favorite? You can only have one, guys. To your point, Alex, the crew chiefs, Childers and Gabe Hart, they're both late model drivers they've been behind the wheel their communication with their driver is top notch um, denny has more to prove um he says it all the time that he's peaking at his age statistically uh, the numbers say that you know 39 40 years old is, is where you start to peak and he's right around that bubble um and i think it is his championship to lose against kevin harvick even though kevin is the king of phoenix uh, I think it's Denny Hamlin's uh, year to lose the championship. Well, I will. I am going to pick Kevin Hart, but I will say this. Kevin really hasn't been the king. I mean, Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin, they both won there. Uh, but I will say Kevin Harvick is definitely my championship favorite. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we're at the end of our podcast episode time. See you tomorrow for another great episode.